Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition, a post-game podcast edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius on a victory Sunday night as the Bucks improved to 2-0 after a 48-25 victory over the visiting Atlanta Falcons. That was a lot closer than it sounds like it was, Scott. We were hanging on for dear life there at the beginning of the fourth quarter and then a couple of Mike Edwards pick six pick sixes salt that one away. Whew, what off the top of your head, Scott? What are your key observations as we close this one out uh, with the postgame podcast? Well, it was it was ugly in the middle. It was really good at the beginning and really good at the end, right? So it was like a sandwich of a game, but the bread was better than the meat. Mm-hmm. So um it's it's kind of it's a curious thing. I was going back to look and you know what john it's a if you go back and look at last year's week 17 game against the falcons right that was a 44 27 game that was not unlike this game here right 44 27 was the week 17 score 48 25 was the score this year brady had four touchdowns in that game mm-hmm. brady had five in this game at one <laughs> at one point in that game it was 23 20 at the end of the third. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. They outscored the Falcons 21-7 in that game. It got to 28-25 in the third. And the Bucks poured it on the fourth quarter and won 21 nothing in the fourth quarter. Now, a little bit of a different story, right? Because you had Mike Edwards as as the unexpected hero in this game with two pick sixes. And boy, they really needed it because this pesky Atlanta team just would not go away. They were hanging around like some gnats. And finally, the Buccaneers swatted them away. But but we've seen now in two games, this Buccaneer defense is not anywhere close to where it was during the At the Super end Bowl. of last season. They looked At the, the same as they did from the regular yeah. season last year, right? Like yeah. carbon copy identical to like last season, regular season. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt but about the playoffs. It. No, no version right. of the playoff because they changed what they did in the playoffs. Right. And it shocked people and it was successful, especially the last three games of the playoffs, we should say. Yeah. But they look like the, the first 17 games of the year, Bucks yes. defense, not the last three. And not just that, John, but the thing is, is thankfully this Bucks offense is picking up where it left off. And what I mean by that is we've talked about it for months now, dating back to last year. 30 points is the magic number. For this Buccaneer team, especially offensively, they scored um, 48 points today. 14 of those came from the defense. So they still put up 30 points by themselves on the offensive side of all 34 points. And they've now set the NFL record for nine consecutive games with 30 points or more. And right. that's how this, this team is going to have to win. They're right. going to have to win high-scoring games until this defense can kind of come around. While the defense had pressure today, and I was I was impressed that they got some interceptions off that pressure, we're not seeing the sack numbers that I expected the Bucks to have. Well, it's and, it's understandable in some ways, Scott, because Matt Ryan's such an elusive quarterback. Yeah, you know, it's just though, hard yes. to bring down. You know, it's. I mean, it's it's. I don't want to say he's he's like Michael Vick, but there are some real <laughs> similar. Yeah, they just transition from one great yeah. scrambling. You know, it's just. But I mean, seriously, like we'll talk about positives too. But yeah, 
the inability to get Matt Ryan on the ground in this game was pretty embarrassing. Like, come it on. was problematic for sure. And, Ugh. and so, so to me, I, th- that that's a big area of concern for mine because listen, I'm all in favor of pressure, especially when it leads to takeaways, right? You saw mm-hmm. Carlton Davis come with the blitz, get his hand up, tip a pass to Mike Evans for a pick. So I, I appreciate pressure, but the great thing about a sack is it guarantees a negative loss on that, on a, particular play and sometimes if it happens on third down it leads to a punt so sacks are important in the game as well as pressures and this defense is capable of doing it but i I didn't see enough one-on-one wins for the bucks Mm -hmm. against what i thought was was one of the worst offensive lines in the nfl last week and they played a hell of a lot better than they did a week ago against philly yeah, for sure. And it continues to be passing attacks that keep the ball kind of underneath and pick apart the Bucks defense in that way. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Let's go with the offense first, though, Scott. We always like to, after the wins, start right. positive, and then we'll get to things that need cleaned up and fixed. Well, this and, and offense, John, yeah. It's 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 almost like this offense is coming out guzzling a bunch of Celsius <laughs> right off the bat because this, this Bucks offense, they went right down the field and looked incredibly – proficient, yeah. uh, successful. They just manhandled the Falcons down the field really twice in the first two drives, if not for a stupid Ryan Jensen uh, unnecessary roughness penalty. That Listen, that, that, that to me was a deflator. That mm-hmm. that penalty killed the Bucks' momentum right there and because it put them, instead of being at the eight-yard line, moved them back 15 yards, set up a third and 20, and at that point in time, I know that Gatorade's on the sidelines. Maybe they got to put some Celsius on the sidelines, John, because not only does Celsius uh, energize you, but it has no sugar, no preservatives, and it doesn't give you that crash. It seemed like the Bucks had a crash after uh, that Ryan Jensen penalty because we saw Donovan Smith give up a, a sack fumble. Um, to Dante Fowler and and to me, I I think that was one of the the kind of the turning points of this game. And if the Buccaneers or yourself want to find out where to get Celsius, you can go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, and type in your address. And you have health and fitness stores, grocery stores, convenience stores pop up around you. Go try Celsius today. Once you find the find the flavors that you like, order it on Amazon. Buy in bulk, use the subscribe and save, and they'll ship it right to your house and you'll save some money. Right. Yeah. This is, uh, the, you know, this has been a kind of a trend now with the Bucks got a little bit is that we, we've got a team that can do no wrong except when they do it to themselves. And that yeah. we, we've talked about this ad nauseum. So I, I almost get a little bit frustrated that we've kind of got to come at this thing from the same angle, but there isn't like there's so little to complain about in terms of the two main things that denote offensive success, quarterback play and play calling play design. I am yeah. so impressed with the way Byron Leftwich has started this season, obviously impressed with the way Brady has started this season. Those two seem to be in sync. The offense can effectively pick you apart underneath way better than they did last year. The big plays are still there. They have not lacking that at all. Um, there is just really, really the only times this offense struggled is execution stuff, not in terms of conceptually being confused or shut down or anything like that. We have not seen that yet in this game, in this season for the box. So right. kudos and hats off to them for that. Execution at times could be better, but two of the most important factors for the Bucks' success this season seem to be working really well so far. And as a result, Brady is playing, 
I, it's hard to say that Brady – I mean, Brady has had obviously this unbelievable career, but we were talking about two-game sample size. But in those two games, he's looked as good as he's ever looked in the NFL, in my opinion. I mean, he, the numbers speak for themselves. He's making throws all over the field. He's making high degree of difficulty throws. John, are you talking about his nine touchdown passes in two games <laughs> that are that have put him on pace to hit 76 touchdowns this year? Yeah, and think about That's drops crazy. and some some a whiff from Rojo and pass protection today results in a sack. Yeah. And obviously Donovan Smith gives up a sack. I think coverage had a little bit to do with that one too. But you know, he's not necessarily all the drops in the last game. You know, penalties in this game were a factor and an issue. You mentioned Ryan Jensen. Uh there were other ones as the game went on as well offensively that set them back a little bit. And he's overcoming a lot right now. And obviously he's getting help. Great playmakers and the Bucks are certainly have a, t- a talented cast around him, no question. I still think Brady's doing a lot of heavy lifting for this team. Play calling is helping him. Last year, one of these two games would have been a loss because they would have asked so much of Brady before he even knew the offense fully. Yes. And they're getting away from that enough that they're scheming in some answers for him. Today was a lot of Brady making plays uh, in the offense, but the play action game helped him so much. And so hats off to Byron Leftwich because I think he called a great game. Uh, he was right. able to draw up a lot of great looks for Brady off play action. They attacked the middle of the field relentlessly Falcons wanted to drop two safeties back and the Bucks just kind of picked them apart in the intermediate areas of the field. You're right. Let's go to the stats, John, and, and take a look here. You've got uh, the score 48-25. Buccaneers moved to 2-0. Tom Brady 24-36, 276 yards, five touchdowns. You see uh, Mike Evans, five catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns. Really uh, appeased the fantasy football owners out there that have Mike on their team. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, Four catches, 39 yards, two touchdowns. And and then you've got Chris Godwin, four catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown. I was surprised that that Antonio Brown didn't really go off today like I, I thought he he would. He, I wrote about that in the SRS Fab Five. It didn't matter because the other three today, Evans, Gronkowski, and Godwin. And John, what we're seeing is from this offense is three out of the four guys have gone off in each of the first two games. Right? It was A.B., Godwin. And Gronkowski mm-hmm. in the first game, instead of of AB this week, it was Mike Evans and Gronkowski mm-hmm. and Godwin. But the interesting thing about Gronkowski with those touchdowns is he now is I think he's tied for Ben Coates with the most games with consecutive two scores. So he's got mm-hmm. three games in a row of two touchdowns dating back to the Super Bowl that ties Ben Coates's record. And that sets a new Bucks record for the most games, consecutive games with two touchdowns by any player. So Rob Gronkowski, absolutely getting it done to start the season. He loves playing amazing. at Rave James Stadium, right? Yeah. And how good does he look, Scott? Just outside of just the pure touchdown numbers, like he's last week. I mean, combat catches. He caught every target that was thrown his way. Um, yeah. You know, he was today lays out for the touchdown. A great catch uh in the end zone you know he was what targeted five times today his that incompletion at the end where brady expect him to bend inside maybe a little bit of, and he kept going vertical right um that was the only incompletion those two have had between them this year so far there yes i think a, a, a 12 of 13 in terms of catches targets last year was rob gronkowski's worst catch percentage of any year of his career yeah. this year already off to a tremendous start in terms of reversing that he just looks like he's he's moving great. He's catching the ball really well. After the catch, how many times? Ta- I mean, he's throwing guys aside, and yeah. he's Picking hard to bring downs, down. Moving the chains. Yes. Yeah, he's it's, it's a difference maker right now for them. It really is. When you're talking about 
difference makers on the defensive side, it, it starts and ends with Mike Edwards. I mean, four tackles, two interceptions, two touchdowns. This is a player, John, that you and I have been campaigning for to get on the field. <laughs> you have written columns about about three safety looks, and, and because of the injury to Sean Murphy Bunting, we saw people can call it a three safety look. Really, Mike Edwards was playing nickel corner today, especially mm-hmm. in the second half. And and he was playing it very well. And he had two interceptions to close out the scoring back to back Falcons possessions. Sensational game. One thing that Bruce Arians said after the game was was it's Jordan Whitehead's job, but there's no way Jordan Whitehead's gonna play all those snaps when he hasn't practiced in five weeks. Don't forget so, Jordan Whitehead. Play Mike Edwards at slot corner. Let Mike right. Jordan Edwards or Jordan Whitehead play the whole game. You know, that, that, yeah. Play so, with three safeties. That's how you you cannot go into Ram, into this game against the Rams and put anybody in the nickel other than Mike Edwards for this game. It's coaching malpractice yeah. if you do anything else. They're just they are one of the best teams from the slot in the entire league. You can't put Ross Cocker in that situation. Yeah, like come on, Cooper you're Cup. gonna put Ross Cocker in that situation all no, game long? Absolutely not. No. No, no. Mike Edwards can change a play in one game. He's shown that over and over and over yes. again. He's played like in the regular season, he's played like barely 200 snaps over the last two seasons combined. And he's got four picks. One was taken away against the Raiders, but he's got right. four picks. He's got two pick six. They were, was it a pick six against the Packers or did he bring it down to the one? I can't. Uh, it was close. Yeah. I think it was another one yard line. Anyway, he's right into the red zone for sure. He, well, so wait, he's got five picks. I should say two today. He had two last year and then a fifth that was taken away against the Raiders. He had a pick in the playoffs. He yep. had a, a deflection that turned into an Antoine Winfield pick in the playoffs. He broke up a pass on the goal line from Aaron Rodgers at the end of the game. The guy per snap has got to be one of the most valuable players in the league. You have yeah. to play him more. I don't care if he goes out and gives up 200 yards on the slot. The process was still good. You put playmakers on the field. And any event, especially when you're decimated by injury, he's got to play. And if he doesn't go well, it doesn't go well. Right. But you can't ignore what he's done in terms of production. No, you're, you're exactly right. And uh, it's also hard to ignore that the Buccaneers now have won 10 straight games dating back to last year. 10 straight games. That's pretty That's pretty damn good. That's I dominant. Mean, do, you, do you know when this started? Do you know what pre- what precursor was happened before the Bucs winning streak started, Scott? There was a bye week. <laughs> there was a bye week. Do you know what happened during the bye week? The Ledger yes. family moved to Tampa Bay. That's right. It's not <laughs> all Tom Brady, happened. folks. It's it's John Ledger right. too. Yeah, he came down. During that bye the week. Buccaneers are undefeated with John Ledyard as a Florida resident. That's that's saying. a fact. Look, I'm just saying just that's fact. you cannot get away from the analytics, and the analytics show yep. that 100 percent of the time when the Ledger family <laughs> is in Tampa Bay, the Bucs win. Yes. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Right. That's so when, you're setting yourself up, though, when they do lose, because this is not going to go that's on true. forever and ever. Right. Then people are going to ask you to leave. So yeah, that's say, true. Oh, God. And then come back and start Hopefully a new stream. Hopefully they'll give me a so. couple losses in a row before they're like, all right, get out of here. Go back yeah. to Pennsylvania. <laughs> exactly. But it's been a great start. It's And it's been a, an encouraging start to the season in the areas that matter the most offensively we're staying there a little bit longer i think the line is played well i think they can play better i think donovan smith has been mostly good obviously he gave up the sack today didn't yeah. but that was a little bit coverage too uh, he, he you know there was a little there were some elements to that but i right. still think he could have done again it's a better job i think tristan Wirfs and he both could do a better job than they've done so far interior i've not had many issues at all those two guys can play better i believe they will play better they've been fine I think they can be more locked down than they've been. Um, a lot of people are attacking 
Kappa and Werfs with stunts because I don't think they think they can beat at least Werfs one-on-one. So they are trying right. to run games at them and younger players that haven't played as much threaten the communication and that kind of stuff. They're mostly handling it. There's issues at times. Um, that group can play better. The rest of the group, I mean, again, you mentioned it. If three of these four guys are going to go off every game, teams are going to have a tough time. The Bucks feel like they have more answers offensively when teams go too high, which bodes really well going to the Rams game. When yeah. teams go too high, here's how we're going to attack you. We're going to eat up the seams. We're going to get some things going in the intermediate areas of the field. We're going to use play action to pull the linebackers up and throw in that space in front of the safeties. It feels like they didn't have those early in the year last year. Now it feels like they have some answers. So I just feel like the process is way better offensively if the execution is always there. That brings me to this point, Scott. What do the Bucks do at running back? There's obviously not a desirable answer here amongst their top two guys. Just when you feel like you have like just turn it over to Lenny, he's fumbling. He's missing the hole on fourth and short. Yeah. You know, when he should be easy, it's right there. And he's putting his head down and not looking. And both of these guys are like, can't get right. Like that's yeah. I would they like that's why I make me feel when I watch them play. Just when you're ready to buy into one, they screw it up. And we barely see sight or sound of Giovanni Bernard miss all of it. And it's crazy, right? And I'll tell you what, they might have to go to Giovanni Bernard by default because as of right now, Giovanni Bernard has not done anything wrong, at least we know of. Maybe he hasn't done enough right, but at some point in time, Bruce Arians, Byron Lepps are going to be tested by the gaffes of Rojo and, and Leonard Fournette to where it's just going to become an inevitability. And I'm waiting for that day because I'd rather, I'd rather see it. Like let's, let's see what Giovanni Bernard can do with more opportunities to run the ball with more opportunities in pass protection to, you know, to uh, uh, catch the ball certainly because that's his forte. Listen, Ronald Jones to me, uh, I, I don't want him to start the next game. All right. I don't know what's going on, but, but for the, for this guy to catch the ball, not put his shoulder down, and what and, was that? That that was that was sad. I was going to use another word, but I'm just going to use the word sad. Like you're an NFL player, man. You, you when you first got to Tampa, I think you were 205. You beefed up to 220, 225. Mm. Throw your shoulder into the guy. I mean, it's like you didn't get the first down. They didn't get a first down because. He didn't get the first down on on, on the first down catch, right? And, nope. and so the, there's that. He uh, he missed a, an easy hole. He whiffed on a block that got Brady's sacked. Oh. I mean, uh, listen, this guy's in his contract here, and I don't know if he's thinking about this too much or what, but there there is something not right with Rojo's game right now. Yeah. And, no. and 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 I I understand playing Leonard Fournette more than Ronald Jones right now because. I don't want to say that Fournette's necessarily earned it, but he's done less wrong. Can we say that? <laughs> You're a guy that almost fumbled the game away today. Yes. He's done less wrong. Did. And I don't even disagree with you. Yeah. Like this guy literally, that recovery could have been anybody's ball. And we're talking yes. about Leonard Fournette as the, the clown honestly, of this game. Chris and, Chris Godwin made a hero play on that play. That was that yeah, was to knock it out of yep. You talk about stuff that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. Listen, I, I appreciate uh, all of 62 yards and, and four catches and the touchdown from Chris Godwin. That was probably the play mm-hmm. of the game by Chris Godwin, if you ask me. 
Yeah, because that was absolutely going to be recovered. I could have been scooped score, to be honest. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's down there in the Bucks around. territory too. So it's, right, it's right there. Right, right. Yeah, that was – and again, that's what I mean. Like I cannot – I don't disagree with you on Rojo at all. If Anybody who watched the live in-game stream, I was fuming at Rojo's performance, especially on that drive where he inexplicably kept getting opportunities to be on the field despite the fact that he would not run at someone for the first down or see the whole yeah. or anything. Um, it was – it was a very, very dismal performance by him on a night where he really needed a big game. But yeah, Ornette, I mean, you know, he, he did run well early in the game, but he again, four quarters with him is is elusive. It is hard to kind of get him going for any length of time, and he's had plenty of issues as well. And I just think it's crazy if you are not playing Giovanni Bernard more in the next game. I know JK said he deserves it one time. Um, I don't necessarily think Keyshawn wants the answer either. Uh, these guys are soundly beating him out. I, I'm not interested yeah. in going to Keyshawn Vaughn right now. But exactly. play Giovanni Bernard more. It can't well, you know what? And let's let's play J.C. Allen and Matt Matera more on this That's podcast, right. shall we? I'm going to bow out. I'm going to bow out and, and let those two uh, carry on the conversation. I'll be back at the end of the show with my game balls. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for Jumping out here, Scott. We got JC and Matt in the house here. Uh, good to see you guys, Matt. Let's start with you because I know that as you're at there at Raymond James Stadium and checked in on the atmosphere for this game, you're going to have some thoughts and observations. But first, I know you want to give a shout out to our friends over at Living Golf Life and all the wonderful stuff that they can provide fans of the golf game. I do. Uh, Living Golf Life. First of all, they're huge Bucks fans. I believe one of their co-founders, Mike, was at the game tonight so mm-hmm. or t- this afternoon. So uh, very excited for them. Living Golf Life is it's a golf brand. It's a golf merchandise brand, but it's more than that. It's about a lifestyle. If you play golf, especially here in Florida, there's a ton of golfers. It's not necessarily about the the, the all the swings that you have, because there's going to be a lot of bad, a, a lot of bad ones. There's only going to be a couple of good ones. The main thing is that it's all about being in the outdoors, hanging out with your friends, having a good time, enjoying a cold one, and just embracing the entire lifestyle brand. So if you go to livinggolflife.com, they have excellent hats, polos, uh, koozies, mugs, everything else in between. Uh, It's a great company. We're very happy that they are uh, a proud sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. Make sure you go to livinggolflife.com. Check out all their merchandise. It's great to have. I wear it at Bucks practice all the time. Mm -hmm. Super comfortable polos. I was wearing the Living Golf Life hat yesterday when I was watching some college football. Check it out, and you won't be disappointed. Yeah, such that, a fresh logo too. Right. Yeah, that hat, that hat is definitely a favorite of mine. I'm a big fan of that that living golf life hat. All right, Matt, you watch this game. What was the vibe? I mean, you know that it's coming down crunch time, and it's 28 10, and then all of a sudden it's 28 25, and you're like, here we go with this team again, letting everybody back in. And what were your thoughts and observations from the stadium? Well, overall, I gotta say, since I've been covering the Bucks, as far as home games, I believe 2019 was the first year I started going to every single home game. This was from an entertainment a- aspect was the most entertaining Bucks home game I have ever been to between mm. Tom Brady tying the uh, Bucks franchise record for five touchdowns. Mike Edwards, two pick sixes was unbelievable. I, I run the Bucks Twitter, uh, the Bucks Twitter, the Peter report account, their Twitter account when uh, during the games going on. And I don't think there's anything I enjoy more then when the Bucks get a turnover and I get to tweet, I get to tweet out in all caps, pick or sack or anything like that. So the fact that it was Mike Edwards and it was Edwards again, it was truly incredible. 
the Bucks do fall into that situation sometimes where they go full pedal to the metal. They jump out to these leads. And then Bruce Aaron said it in the postgame press conference. They start to relax a little bit. I mean, you would have thought that the way they started that second half with Vita Vea tipping the pass, Shaq Barrett intercepts it, and then, bam, you get Brady to Evans part two. You would have thought the Bucs would have started running away with it right then and there because they already had the, the Falcons on the ropes. But, unfortunately, they they let them get back into mm-hmm. it. But, again, I just I just think it shows the – the metal of this team that when they really want to, they could just put their the, the foot on the throats of anyone yeah. and just, mm. you know, flip that switch. And it doesn't matter if it's Godwin or if it's Gronk, whoever it is, the defense making plays. You, it's so tough for other teams just to hang with them for four quarters. It doesn't matter. Even if you get close, the Bucks just pull away again and covered the spread. By the yeah. way, I went six <laughs> to seven today and all my bets. So. Oh, no big deal. No Including... Including a defensive touchdown, which is very difficult to get. I nailed that. So wow. shout out to so my rookie. Were, yeah, wow, this, this is, is this is this isn't about me, but you just want to. Just want to <laughs> but listen, I made the beginning about me. I you gotta you gotta do that a little bit, but no, I mean this. You're right, Matt. This performance, it really like it's as much as they shoot themselves in the foot. You also come away with the impression that wow, this team might be able to win a game when they, you know, play a quarter on their heads. Like that's just feel like that they're, yeah. they're that kind of team, you know, where they make it make things happen, um, you know, even when they don't play their best game. But at the same time, better opponents will be on their way. Yes. Um, performances are better. Opponents are coming. Um, next week against the Rams will mark one of those times where that occurs. And so, yeah, this is um, this is a team that has to obviously cut down on the mistakes. But when they do, the host of weapons that they have in the passing game uh, is really making them hard for teams to defend. It is – through two games, JC, we have not seen a team actually line up. And I know we haven't, the, the, it's far from seeing the best two defense in the league, but we haven't seen anybody line up and challenge the Bucs conceptually to challenge their offense yet. The Rams did it last year, different coordinator. We'll see if they can do it again this year, but we have not seen that through two games so far. Yeah, the, the plethora of talent. I mean, you go anywhere you want to go on the ball with Evans and Gronk, and you know you start working in. OJ Howard got some action tonight. He's made a big 15-yard grab, and it's just the depth of this team. Tyler Johnson was out there, so there's just it, it's going to be really hard. I think the Rams are going to present a good challenge, as you said. You know, these aren't world-beating defenses. You're talking about the Cowboys and Falcons, and it's it's going to take an A game. But I think you know these past two victories are really good for this Bucks team headed into such tough opponents because of what they can learn about and what they can improve on going into, into next week, because there's definitely a lot of good to take away, but there's definitely some bad, some costly penalties again, that at the end of the half, put the Falcons in field goal range, uh, you know, some, some plays that some missed tackling again, missed tackling and some poor coverage design too, by that, by Todd Bowles. So, you know, it's going to be a much bigger challenge next week. I know Carlton Davis left the game, came back in, had that hamstring. We'll see, you know, how that progresses throughout the week. Um, but the the receiving core they have in Woods, Cup, Jefferson, I mean, they can beat you in a variety of ways as well. And it's going to take everybody on this defense playing at the at the same level and the same communication to to really pull out a win next week on the road cross country on Sunday mm-hmm. night. Yeah, eleven penalties in the four week one game, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, nine penalties for eighty three yards in this game. So that has been a huge issue, a point of emphasis. They started the season last year the same way. They did get it together and ended up fixing things and being one of the least penalty ridden teams over most of the, the latter half of, 
of last season. So you hope that the same thing is kind of in store for the Bucs this season. But even if you look, you know, you were mentioning just kind of self-inflicted stuff. Last time it was a lot of, you know, um, a lot of drops in the week one game. This week it was different sorts of mistakes, right? The penalties were part of it. We saw the Ryan Jensen personal foul penalty mm. knock the Bucks back early in the, in the game. And then Donovan Smith, the third and 20, Brady's trying to find something down the field. Third and 20 when you're just outside the red zone got to be one of the toughest play calls. <laughs> There's just not even much space to work with in terms of being able to be beyond the sticks. So, um, and Brady's holding the ball a little bit and you put yourself in that situation and Donovan Smith gives up the sack. And so, that that was a was an ugly part of the game and was the only Bucks red zone failure in this game. They were four mm. or five as they remain really good in that area of the field. But um, those kind of things, if you can eliminate those against the Rams, there's no reason why in any game this season that this team can't be uh, that kind of juggernaut. Again, conceptually, we'll see what other defenses drop to kind of stop them. But offensively, it feels like the Bucks have a lot of answers they didn't have before. We've talked about the running back thing ad nauseum a little bit. Defensively, though. <laughs> Going through cornerbacks at the rate that the Bucks are going through, Matt, like you saw from the sideline. I mean, you saw when Jamal Dean came out, I think came out, came back in, came out again then and was getting yeah. evaluated. Ross Cockrell played a lot of this game. This was just not uh, – they did not have – Carlton Davis came out of the game at some point. Like Edwards is playing in the slot. Obviously, that paid dividends at the end of the game. But this is kind of musical chairs at the cornerback position, and that's not where you want to be going in to play Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods. No, not at all. And originally I thought too, like maybe Atlanta would try to pick on Jamel Dean for the the way the Cowboys did in week one. But I guess you can't really pick on a guy if he's not going to be on the field too much. It's a, yeah, I mean, it's concerning. You're pretty much just spinning a wheel and being like, all right, well, uh, D Delaney, it's your, it's your turn. (laughs) You know, you're going to, you're going to be playing in this one. You can't go a full season playing your third or fourth string corners. And I mean, we saw Cockrell was so, so today. I mean, he got beat by Calvin Ridley for, for a touchdown, but you know, when you have him going against one of the better receivers in the NFL, you can, you can kind of expect that to happen. I think that's why moving forward, uh, there's only so much you can do with the personnel that you have at corner, you know, uh, unless they want to go out and sign a Richard Sherman, you kind of have to just deal with the with the cards that are handed to you, you know. So hopefully, Carlton Davis can stay healthy, and hopefully, Jamel Dean, uh, the issues that he's going through, can bounce back and and be healthy as well too. But I think there needs a little bit. The, the secondary needs to be helped out by this pass rush a little bit. I mean, yeah. there's another game where it's almost crazy because you have two non-mobile quarterbacks, and Brady is rushing for six yards to to get a first down. <laughs> Matt Ryan keeps the ball. And, and gets a, a two-point conversion and escaped out of the pocket a lot more than I think anyone expected. Even avoided a – Devin White had a great pass rush where he – on the fourth down play where he got right up in Matt Ryan's grill. But there was another one earlier in the game where he was able to sidestep Devin White and still move around. So it was crazy to see that go on. Uh, it, it's it's a little concerning what, what we're seeing with the secondary just based on the injuries alone. But I'm looking at that pass rush to – try to bail this team out going into the next game, which they're going to really need going up against an extremely talented receivers group, almost uh, almost a similar situation to playing a good receivers group like the Cowboys. So almost back to square one. Yeah, and they're yeah. kind of bailed out too with Russell Gage being in and out of the game too with injury hampered by that. So, I mean, you're not yeah. 
you're most likely not having that situation going into next week with Cup and Woods out there. So there definitely needs to be able to find a solution uh, as soon as possible to shore up that back end, whether it's Richard Sherman or in-house people start getting a little healthier. Uh, you know, maybe Pierre Desir can come up after a week and a half of understanding the playbook. But I don't know, John, what do you what do you think they're going to be able to do to slow down yeah. this passing attack next week? Yeah, I don't know that anything they can do is going to help for this upcoming week. You know, I think it's the more is playing is Jamel Dean healthy enough and Mike Edwards needing to play the whole game, which I believe that he will if Jamel Dean, especially if, if he's down, um, Mike Edwards will play a lot. Um, you know, and th- there's going to be mismatches, but you need Carlton Davis to be healthy. You know, I mean, you need Mike Edwards. You know, those two guys you got to have playing. Obviously, Winfield, obviously Whitehead. I think those four got to be out there. Um, defensively, it's you know it's going to be completely about. It's not just mono mono. That's honestly not always the problem when the Bucks passing attack is getting picked apart. It's it's there's layers to this thing, right? Like right. it's not just that. And so, yeah, there are challenges I think that are ahead of them in this game. I don't think all of them are player versus player challenges, although those will obviously be some of them. I think a lot of them are going to be conceptually. How does this defense change some of what they do? Because a lot of what they do and the way they play is how Sean McVay is torn apart this defense so many times before that instead when Jared Goff would turn the ball over the last two meetings against Todd Bull's yeah. defense, he turned the ball over so much and gave the Bucks chances. And, and even two years ago, they, they, the Bucks won in a very high scoring game. But if Goff doesn't turn the ball over, Bowles has said straight up, that was not one of our better games, even though they had a lot of turnovers and sacks in that game. If now you've got a better quarterback running that offense, that's already shredded the Bucks twice. Um, the one good thing I'll say is that Bowles, I think is going to take it seriously because he's been beaten in this system before. So um, that's one thing I think you could see some changes and different things from him that you don't typically see from a Todd Bulls defense. Let's get to game balls here. We got to knock them out because we've got Casey Hudson waiting to jump onto the show here uh, and talk about give her game balls and kind of hand these out. But game balls presented by Manscaped, your balls will thank you. Okay, let's talk about this now, Matt Matera. Offense, defense, if you want to throw a special teamer in there, go for it. Who gets your game balls? Offensively, I'm going to try. Offensively, you can pick from a number of guys, so I'm not going to take the obvious person on defense. For offense, I will, or at least one of the obvious. Mike Evans, huge bounce back game, led the team in receiving yards at 75, two touchdowns, set the tone for this team, got the first reception of the game. He's fine. All is well. The offense is great. Mike Evans is great. This is an excellent bounce back game for him. His second touchdown reception I thought was really awesome. It was just a great play overall. The execution was perfect right then and there. So great to see Mike Evans back on track. For defense, we all know who the obvious answer is. But I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction. I'm going to give a shout-out to Levante David. I thought he played a really solid game. Was hitting very hard. I said in most impressive, he was the hardest hitter on the defensive side of the ball in this game. He broke up a pass in the first half. It was going to, I can't pronounce his name, but he was number 17 on the Falcon. I'm not even going to bother to try to. Olamide Zacchaeus. Yes, Zacchaeus. <laughs> and it, it was like one of those just great timing plays where he broke it up and just smashed right into the guy. Mm-hmm. Had a very nice open field tackle. He was second on the team in tackles in this game. Just one of those quintessential Levante David all over the place, flying around the field and just involved in a number of plays. So I, I thought that was really good to see from Levante. Special teams wasn't great, but I'll throw a shout out to Andrew Adams downing that ball at the four yard line. Mm-hmm. Nicely done. Yeah, for sure. JC, who you got? Offense, defense, a special teamer if you want. 
you know I'm going to give it to my boy, you know, Tom Brady again for the second week in a row, just killing it, crushing it, five touchdowns, ties a franchise record uh, with five-touchdown game, has two five-touchdown games in franchise history for the Buccaneers, and he was just out there slinging it, playing, you know, backyard football, finding finding Evans twice, finding Godwin once, finding his buddy Gronk for two tutties. You just there's not there's not enough you can say about what Tom Brady does and what he brings to this team. Oh, and by the way, 499 yards away from the passing all-time passing record, which puts him on pace to probably break that record week four in Fox yeah, it's, yeah, it's, Patriots. It feels like it'll probably be on the table in that game if he has a semi-productive outing against the Rams. Some of it will be, you know, can these guys around him, can they keep the ball, right? Can they maintain possession of the ball? Uh, I think they've been out-possessed, it feels like, in both games in terms of uh, – the other thing is I wondered if the Bucks' defense would get off the field sooner at some points. Early in the game they did, and the Bucs were obviously rolling up points on offense, but their defense stays on the field so long because they allow so many short completions and they allow so many teams to convert short third downs, and so they're out there for these huge drives – and the offense doesn't get as many plays. Then the Bucs yeah. offense, what I think somebody's asked Arians after the game, I think the longest offensive scoring drive was like three and a half minutes or something. It's like they just go right down the field, boom, boom, boom. And then so in some ways he needs more plays and more opportunities to get the yardage increases. You know, he should have been well over you know, 400, maybe 500 in the last game against Dallas. And so, but we'll see. Those yardage increases will be something to watch, obviously, in the backs of our minds uh, against that Rams game. Uh, gentlemen, great insight from both of you. Uh, very good thoughts. Very good my thoughts. defense? No, I don't think so. I think we just moved out. <laughs> <guy. laughs> just picking me out. Defense. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I got to give it to the man who called his own game earlier today. Nadam Kasu with a sack on Matt Ryan. He literally call. called it out in you know, on Twitter Sphere. If you're on the Twitter Sphere, go check that out. He, he said he was going to meet Matt Ryan. He did so with a big sack. Crucial moment. Uh, that that forced them to punt. So I'm going to give him my defensive game ball. And then speaking of the word punt, let's give it opinion again, who had a beautiful 57, two punts down inside the 20, just guys doing his job. I will take the slack, the, all the blame for saying this guy should have taken a pay cut in the offseason. He's done extremely well. So there you go. Brady, Sue, and Pinion for my game balls. Yeah, good choices. Good choices across the board there. Good shout out for Pinion. Wow, two defensive game balls and nobody's picking Mike Edwards. Bold strategies. Thank you, JC. Thank you, Matt. Good insight. Hey, folks, head on over to Whiskey Wings. I'm telling you, this is the place to be. You need a little post-game snack in your life. Go on over to Whiskey Wings Sports Bar and Grill. Great atmosphere for watching the game. Great post-game atmosphere as well. Got the outdoor bar going on. It's clean. It's a new facility, but they haven't even been open there a year in Temple Terrace. Uh, it's a great site, great looking, great food, man. I've had that chicken sandwich. I think it's even bigger in person. Uh, it's terrific stuff. Their wings, uh, huge wings. I hate when these places give you these tiny little wings. I mean, I'm I'm a 235-pound guy, so maybe that relates to it, but I hate when they give you these tiny wings. And so I love the fact that Whiskey Wings will fill you up with this food. It's great stuff. Head on over to Whiskey Wings. Check out their specials, too. they got specials going all week long and, uh, and awesome stuff to take out to take the family out to eat as well. So Whiskey Wings and Temple Terrace, they got a location to St. Pete, a couple other locations as well. Make sure you check them out uh, this week if you're looking to get some dinner. All right, Scott Reynolds back on the show. We're joined by Casey Hudson on the show as well. Casey, we're excited to get you on the Peter Report postgame podcast after you've been a feature member of the pregame show. Now you get to come <laughs> on the postgame show and see how we do things on the game ball section of this show. 
as before we get to your game balls offensively and defensively, what stood out to you and impressed you the most from the box? And maybe if something concerned you, give that a shout as well. Um, I can't think of a concern just yet, but maybe if I could be a little forward to say that I was psyched that I was right about Mike Evans having a lot more. So when I see that momentum generating, I was like, yes, something's going right. Predictions. Um, the one thing I will say is not hearing much about AB getting getting many throws, many looks, and then Chris Godwin, I thought we were going to see, I don't know, a lot more efficiency out of him. Not that he wasn't fighting for it. Obviously, they kind of cued it on him a bit more, too. So I'm psyched that Mike Evans got a lot of production. I thought we were going to see a lot more out of AB, and then the run game started to kind of if a bit, and it was Leonard Fournette, as I was kind of thinking as well, that he was wanted to gem that offense for them. So the other thing is that I never – Imagine that Mike Edwards would be the guy who really pulls it through for the Bucks today. Uh, those two pick sixes were obviously huge, but for him to get it both times and for people to have a lot to say against him being that guy who has to step up in that next man mentality defense that we always talk about, that was pretty huge. Yeah, for sure. That's one of the keys of this game, in my opinion, Casey. You're right. The fact that he was able to pick up the slack, especially with the injuries that the Bucks have been dealing with, I think that's a huge part of this. We don't talk about that enough, but Mike Edwards has kind of patiently waited his turn, right? Like, here's a guy who played a ton as a rookie, and when he was now he's gotten better and he's seen his playing time decrease. That is very rare in the NFL for that to happen. Yeah. Yet he's kept, he said all the right things, he's done all the right things. Been very impressed by him so far. Casey, let's get your game balls offensively, defensively, special teams. If you observed anything, game balls presented by Manscaped, your balls will thank you. What are your thoughts so far? I have to go with Evans for the offensive game ball for sure. For him to finally score against the Falcons and um, kind of be a lot more present in this game, there's no way I couldn't give it to him. As for the defense, this might be a little bit of a sneaker, but I, I kind of want to pass it off to Carlton Davis. He just he happens to be in the right place in the right time and helps contribute to his teammates. Like I don't remember specifically what the play was, but he had a lot of specific contributions versus the Cowboys where he was in the right place yes. at the right time and helped kind of level up the entire defense. And same thing today, you know, Mike Edwards in the press conference just now even mentioned the fact that if it wasn't for him kind of popping the ball up, that he wouldn't have caught it and been able to take it into the end zone. So I got to I got to give the defensive ball to Carlton Davis. Yeah, no, he's he's been invaluable to this Bucks team, I think, this season mm -hmm. already, especially with all the injuries. As much as they might have been carved up in this game, I don't think a lot of those completions were on Carlton Davis. Definitely some penalties in this one that he'll need to clean up that are uncharacteristic of him. But, uh, well, I guess he does get called for a lot of them. I don't know how many he actually <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, John, when you think about it, like he had the face mask, right? There was that, was that call. One. But the other one was was just a good football play. And it's unfortunate yeah. that right. in, in modern-day NFL, mm -hmm. they're, they're robbing great defensive players of great moments on defense because – They've decided to to really, you know, take this game and 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 if you hit a player too hard, you mm -hmm. you get a penalty now. Whether it's roughing the pass or whether it's it's a you know a defenseless receiver, whatever that means. I mean, just let the guys play. You right, know, it's right. it's getting ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We don't need all that. <laughs> getting a lot down more sensitive. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely don't need that. And it was a clean hit, and it was a shame that he got penalized for that. And it really. Carl Davis got to be the most over-penalized guy in the league. Like, just feels like every time there's a call, you know. I mean, he does get some, but half of these calls every year are just 
feels like the refs just pick on him a lot for sure. But Casey, good observations. Thank you for jumping in here. We appreciate it. Great stuff with the Manscaped game balls and handing those out. Scott, we got to get to ours uh, with with uh, the, over here with Manscaped and try and get our thoughts here uh, on the, how this game went. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll let you go first, John. All right. Okay. Offensively, we can obviously overthink this one and not pick Tom Brady, but I'm not going to do that. Shout out to a lot of guys who played very well on, on, in terms of the Bucks' weapons in this game and definitely parts of the offensive line as well. But Tom Brady, to me, yeah, absolutely. What he's doing to start the season is crazy. We're seeing Tom Brady with the talent from last year, but with way better understanding of what's going on and also a system that just is way better than it was at the beginning of last year. No question. They can say Tom Brady didn't know all the plays at the beginning of last year as many times as they want, but the reality is the Bucs offense has changed. It's different than what it was. It's better than what it was. It's more efficient. There's more answers. There's um, And Brady is really picking teams apart because he's making the right decision. He has the right decisions at his disposal where he did not a lot of the time last year. And that's made a huge difference. So clearly Brady on offense to me, his performance to start the season has been awe-inspiring to be honest. It's crazy, crazy to watch on defense. Obviously it's Mike Edwards. (laughs) And so we don't really need to overthink it per se, but I'll say this, Scott, Rakeem Nunes Rochez's fourth or third down stop was a massive moment in the game. That was I mean, big. There's no all doubt the about momentum it. swinging, huge field position on the line, and he busts through the line for it. Wasn't even just like oh, he dropped him for a half a yard loss. They probably wouldn't have gone for it anyway. But it's <laughs> a three yard loss. He that was buried a, that guy. He I mean, did. I mean, no uncontested in the backfield. Yeah, just a huge, huge play. Um, to me, though, that play stood out as one of the turning points in this game. And as much as Edwards obviously deserves it with the two picks and really Edwards will also, I don't remember or call him getting beat a lot in this game either in coverage, but um, I think that that play by Raheem Nunes Roaches was a huge moment in the game. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, and it's, it's fun to, to have a game like this where there's so many different game balls to give out, right? It's, it's everybody contributing to this win, multiple players on offense and defense. I think that's, that's where the Buccaneers have evolved to. So, you know, in giving careful consideration to my game balls presented by Manscaped, your balls will thank you. John, I'm going to go with with the guy that, uh, that well, I mean, let's face it. He is he is a, a paid uh, spokesperson for Manscaped. So why not give it to Gronk, right? This this is a guy that, that when you go back to the last three <laughs> games, not only has he scored two touchdowns early, but he's also – tied an NFL record for the most consecutive games, three, with two touchdowns or more. But more importantly, he's getting the Buccaneers off to good starts. John, before your time covering the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers were notoriously slow starters, whether it was under Josh Freeman or Josh McCown or Jameis Winston. This team would would shoot itself in the foot or just start slow and have to play catch-up, and, and it just was never good enough. Now we're seeing the Buccaneers get off to – to some hot starts. And I think that has really helped because when the Bucks have had these lulls in the game, at least, at least they're not falling behind. It's it's getting to be a close game. We saw the Falcons tighten it to within three points, but these fast starts are really allowing the Buccaneers, whether it's winning the Super Bowl, whether it's jumping out to a big lead against Dallas and hanging on, or whether it's keeping the Falcons at bay enough to where they can come in back in the fourth quarter and, and, and finish them. 
I think Gronk is really doing a good job in helping this offense get on the, the scoreboard first, not with field goals, but with touchdowns. I'm then so I'm, I'm oh sorry, I was just gonna say with yeah. Gronk, I'm just so impressed by him after the catch. Like yes. I'm just I just I think he it's, looks, he yeah, looks like the, the like the Gronk of old. He really right. does. He's just but, powering but not through people. Gronk. No, no, he he doesn't. He he's powering through people, he's making yardage count after the catch i mean the touchdown we saw we saw it on earlier in the game there was like a five yard completion and he turned it into a nine and a half yards yeah. because you know, those yardage i people hear me say Arbor all the time and probably get sick yeah. of it, but i think those those yards are such an important factor it's one of the reasons why i value godwin's game so much because he always seems to find those yards um yeah i just think that he's played about as, i mean he's played literally as well as you could want him to play so far no doubt and I would say on defense, it, it's got to be Mike Edwards, right? I mean, this this cat is is in the right place at the right time. He is he is an X factor, a Y factor, a Z factor. He's an A B C D E F G factor. He's the whole alphabet factor. Get this guy on the field, keep him on the field, and and I think that they're doing that out of necessity right now because he will play the nickel corner against the Rams. And John, we should probably, as we wrap up the show, talk about. Uh, this this Rams game because it's interesting. We'll get into the in depth previews later this week, but it's interesting yeah. because th- they they had a, a test today, right against the Colts. They won twenty seven to twenty four, but it was it was a, a game that that was was tight kind of throughout. And we saw you know Cooper Cup have one of those Cooper Cup days: nine catches, one hundred sixty three yards, two touchdowns. And he is going to be the marked man, but he's not the only guy, right? There's Robert Woods. You've got in the backfield, Sony Michelle had 46 yards. The Daryl Henderson had 53 yards and a touchdown. Stafford two touchdowns and a pick. So it's it's a it's a high explosive, high scoring type of offense. It's mm-hmm. no surprise the score today with the Rams winning 27-24. John, that was the same score the Bucks lost by last year, 27-24. If you remember that game. They were down a corner because Jamel Dean got the concussion and missed, I believe, most of the game or the second half at least in that game. So they were a little shorthanded there. And uh, I just think this is a, a game with the Bucks defense not playing nearly as well as they did down the stretch in the playoffs. Like you said at the top of this podcast, John, this is the Bucks defense that we saw at the beginning of the season last year, not making enough plays, not keeping teams out of the end zone enough, allowing – a team that I still don't think is very good in, in the Atlanta Falcons, Mm -hmm. you know, to put 25 points on the board. Um, I, this, this game, my initial thoughts go back to 2019, not 2020, 2019 when the bucks went out to LA and they won 55 to 40 in a crazy shootout. The bucks scored 24 points in the fourth quarter. The Rams scored 20 points. And Dominica Sue finished it off against his former team with a scoop and score. And uh, that was an absolute shootout. And I think that we're going to see that type of game, not the 27-24 that we saw last year. I think it's going to be a game that's in the 40s. So I think you're going to see two teams in the old Wild West just slinging the rock all over the place. This is going to be a fantasy football owner's dream. If you have Rams or Bucks start them next week because I think there's going to be points oh. of plenty on the field. Interesting. I do, I think it'll be closer to 27-24 to be honest, but I'll say this, Scott. If the Bucks offense, offensive points, 
not like short fields because of defensive turnovers and things like that. But if offensively, for real, they put up 40-plus points, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. And I know it's crazy to say it off week three observations, yeah. but this is Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and a yeah. really good defense. Like, oh, yeah. That would be a really amazing result if that were the case. But yeah. I say, yeah, th- this offense obviously has a lot of answers and a lot of ability to do things like that, even against tough opponents. Huge test for them, the mistakes, though. They can't be beating themselves. The Rams are way too good for that. They're way too well coached. Uh, they have not gone up against a team like that, coached like that um, from the top down yet this season. So a lot on the line. We'll obviously evaluate that. Um, this week, there'll be lots going on on the show. I want to shout out two things real quick, to, uh, um, Scott. Tom Brady today led the Bucks in rushing expected points added per play. <laughs> One carry, six yards on a third down conversion was the most valuable rush of the day by expected points added for the Bucks. So Tom Brady, dual threat quarterback, as we all saw. But seriously, the knee, obviously, I do think it's changing some things this year. We've seen him throw two touchdowns now on bootlegs this season. The right. second to Gronk that he's thrown this season, he threw today on their second touchdown of the game for the Bucs. It is, uh, it's a different player in that regard in terms of he can do some things Tom off Tom Brady still making business decisions, though, not trying to be like John Elway back in the day and going for the goal line, doing the helicopter spin. And no, and none of that. Zero. No, not in, not in week two. You're not making right. those type of plays. You're, yeah, you, you don't play it. However many consecutive games. <laughs> slide, baby, slide, you know. Business <laughs> right. decision. I love it. Right. So he's adding some things with his legs, and it's adding some things to the offense's results. So excited to see kind of where that goes. Obviously, it'll never be a huge part of it, but if it can be a wrinkle the teams have to prepare for, uh, it's going to make uh, things very interesting in some of these better matchups. So make sure you're subscribed to Pewter Report TV on YouTube. Hit the like button on our videos. Help us out as much as you can. Send other people that way toward Pewter Report TV to check out the podcast, to check out the live in-game streams that we do. We appreciate all a lot of you for hanging with us throughout the day. We'll be back tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern. We'll be breaking down John, this game more in depth, talking John, a lot about how this performance went. John, we're going to have a Leonard segment tomorrow, aren't we? Oh. <laughs> Oh, we are, Scott. It's we really like. I honestly wonder going into games sometimes: will we get like good material? Will we have to like reach for the Leonard segment, like yeah. But actually, Leonard usually happens on Wednesday when I have the ability to That's bring true. the clips up for the all twenty-two, yeah. so we don't get right, flagged. So but we'll do it on Wednesday. Yes. We'll yes. Leonard on Wednesday. Wednesday, Leonard will be in there. Yeah. We've got a couple moments, and he gives us. He is a content provider, man. He's just got to give him credit at this point. And listen, you got to give him credit too because Leonard Fournette fifty-two yards, eleven carries. And caught all four of his targets for 24 – sorry, four catches, 24 yards. So he he was productive. And thanks to Chris Godwin, he didn't have a fumble. (laughs) Well, he didn't have a lost fumble, we should say. Well, no, it wasn't lost. It was a fumble, but it wasn't a lost fumble. It wasn't a lost fumble, because the Bucks did recover. So that's right. No, appreciate it. Appreciate this $5 super chat, Brian Shaw. Appreciate you always being in here uh, and giving us the, the great stream thumbs up there. Definitely appreciate that. I am going to go maybe eat some food because I've been streaming for a little while here. Yeah, right. uh, maybe I'll eat something and then let's get working. We got post game content to get up. Make sure you're checking out yes. PeterReport.com. We got most disappointing, most impressive game recap coming up there. Two point conversion is coming at some point from Scott in the next yep. 12 hours or so. Who knows? And, and then listen, we'll I'm taking tomorrow your questions. We'll a ton of content. Bucks Monday mailbag comes out tomorrow. Oh, so right. we've got a couple questions that I'm going to answer. But if you have any more, use the hashtag PR mailbag on Twitter and I will 
do my best to put those in the Bucks Monday mailbag for tomorrow morning. There you go. Perfect. Beautiful stuff. Thanks so much to y'all for tuning in for another Bucks victory for the whole Pewter Report crew. I'm John Ledyard. Have a great night and thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.